Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. Welcome. Oh, stimulus response. You guys are awake and alive. Great. Well, welcome. Excited that you're here as we finish up our series, Mirror, Mirror, right? So last week we had fun with mirrors and we talked about how to make our reflection in the mirror look more like Jesus. And we use the fruits of the Spirit to do that. You remember those? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? Those fruits of the Spirit, when you put those in your life, it will help you to look more like Jesus. So today, we're gonna take a step back from the mirror and not really look at what we see, but what God sees when he looks at us. And there's actually a scripture that talks specifically about that. If you've got your Bible, open that, if you will, please, to 1 Samuel. That's in the Old Testament, chapter 16. The Bible says, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Well, how many of you guys have ever heard the phrase, looks can be deceiving? All right, how many of you guys have ever experienced the phrase, looks can be deceiving, like you show up and you see that car and it looks all pretty and it's waxed and you know and the salesman says it looks good and you set you know turn on the engine and it sounds good and so you buy it and then you find out that it's a lemon anybody ever done that yeah i hear the groans or what about movies like you saw a movie trailer and it looked really awesome so you went and paid the 15 bucks to go see the movie and then you watch it and you realize that all the best scenes were in the trailer Star Wars. Um, Or what about Zootopia? Has anybody seen Zootopia? We saw that this week on spring break. Okay, if you haven't seen it, no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But if you have seen it, aren't there a bunch of characters who end up not being who you think they are? Yeah, we all can present ourselves as something. We can look like pretty much whatever we want to. And God knows that. He knows that human nature. He created us. And that's why the Bible tells us God does not look at the outward appearance. He looks at your heart. So today we're going to talk about three things, three habits that you need to have in your life if you are going to have your heart look like Jesus. All right, and the first thing that you need to do, that first habit, is read the Bible with the intent to obey. Take out your message notes if you haven't, and let's fill in that together. Read the Bible with the intent to obey. Now that phrase kicked me in the teeth a couple months ago. A coworker of mine was, was leading a devotional, and the story was about an old evangelist that had been all over the world, had preached all over the world, and taught, and thousands of people had come to Christ because of this evangelist. Now it's not Billy Graham, in case you're thinking about that. Uh, But this evangelist had finally decided to retire, so a hometown reporter sat down with them, wanted to write an article, and said, you know what, you've been everywhere, you've done everything, if you could boil the Christian life down to one thing, what would it be? And the evangelist thought a little bit, and he said, read the Bible with the intent to obey. Now, I've heard read the Bible all my life. If you've grown up in church, chances are you've heard that. Like, growing up for me, like, we even had little envelopes that had those little checkboxes on it. You know what I'm talking about? Attendance, check. Bible brought, check. Bible read daily, check. Right? Anybody do that? I 
loved getting ready for church because I'm a check the checkbox, fill in the blank kind of guy, right? I make lists so that I can scratch them off and see what I've accomplished. Like I have lists of things to get on the list so that I can scratch it off. So reading that, reading the Bible to check that checkbox, man, that was gold for me. And you know what my favorite verse was? John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. Check. Done. Bible read daily. But I wasn't reading the Bible to know what God said. I was reading the Bible to check a checkbox. But the Bible is filled with instructions for life. It is filled with things that you need to live according to God's plan. And if you're reading the Bible to check a checkbox, you're missing out. You're missing out big time. All right, so what if you say right now, you go, okay, Gary, you got me. That sounds good. I want to start reading the Bible. But have you seen that thing? Look how thick it is. That's like war and peace. Where do I start? What do I do? What you don't want to do is do this right here. Because then you find things like, and Judas went and hanged himself. Yeah. That's not how you do it. Okay, so let me give you some tips. If you are not a Christ follower, if you have never given your life to follow Christ, I recommend that you start in the book of Mark. All right, and the book of Mark talks all about Jesus. It tells you about his life, his ministry, why he came to earth. You'll get some great wisdom from the parables that he tells, and you'll, you'll learn that Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sin and for my sin so that we can spend eternity in heaven. Everything you know, need to know to follow Christ is in the book of Mark. And it's only 16 chapters. So if you read one chapter a day, you're done in like two weeks. So if that's you, start in the book of Mark. Now, if you are a Christ follower, I want to recommend that you start in the book of Proverbs. All right, Proverbs is golden because it was written by King Solomon. And Solomon is the wisest person that ever lived, right? And he wrote this book. As a matter of fact, it's called the Book of Wisdom. But get this, this is how cool God is, all right? There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. There are at most 31 days in a month. So you can pick whatever day in the month it is and read that proverb, and you will have so much wisdom for godly living, you won't be able to contain it all. You have to read it over and over just to get it. All right, so let's do an experiment real quick, all right? If you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 20. Today's the 20th. So let's see what wisdom is available for us in Proverbs chapter 20. All right, now I cheated because I've already read this for today. But Proverbs chapter 20, 19, let's look at that one. It says, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Well, hey, that sounds like good wisdom right there. Don't tell secrets to people that can't keep a secret. Okay. Good stuff. I mean, the Bible's full of that. So, read the Bible. It's all good when we get to the fun stuff like don't tell secrets to people that can't keep a secret. Or what about Jeremiah 29, 11? All right? And that one says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah, sign me up. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? Hope, future, 
prospered, not harm, rock on, give me some of that. But what about some of the hard stuff? Because as you read this, you're going to find out there's a lot of things in here that's not so easy. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Say, what? Love my enemies? Like, love them? And pray for those who persecute? Yeah, I'll pray for them, all right. Yeah, hellfire and brimstone on you. That's not what it's about. Pray for, like, ask God to bless them. The Bible says that? Yeah, it does. What about in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21? It says, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. What? You mean that person, I have to keep forgiving the same one over and over and over again? Seriously? Yes. Yes. The Bible is filled with stuff like that and more. It tells us how we should use our money, how we should raise our kids, how to conduct business. Everything that you need in life is right here in the Bible. And some of it's not easy. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of it's pretty hard to do. But hey, if being a Christian were easy, if following Christ were easy, everyone would do it. And life, it doesn't matter what life you choose, it's not easy. But following Christ is the best life. God knows when you follow the instructions in this book, this is the best life available for you. So, if you haven't chosen that today, if you are not a Christ follower, on the back of your message notes, there's some resources that will help you take that step towards becoming a Christ follower. There's a new believer packet waiting by the door. We want to know and we want to help you follow Christ because your best life waits for you within the pages of this book. So read it with the intent to obey. And then number two, seek godly counsel. If you surround yourself with godly people who can speak into your life, you have great things ahead of you. All right, now students, I need your attention for just a moment because you remember how you always ask, when am I ever going to use this? All right, here you go. There was a man long time ago named John Donn who wrote a poem, and that poem says, no man is an island. So this is the one time when all those freaky old poets got it right, okay? So you asked, this is it. No man is an island. God did not design us to be by ourselves. He designed us to be together. In fact, in the very beginning, God created Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve to have a partner and a helper. Because God knows you need someone to come alongside you. All right? In the book of Proverbs, the one we just talked about, the book of wisdom, on day 27 of this month, you'll read in Proverbs chapter 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Someone who loves God and follows God can pray for you. And 
they can give perspective in your life that you don't have, that you can't see on your own. So for instance, I've been at this church about a month. So I'm, I'm coming up on my month anniversary, and I have had Parkway Fellowship in my radar for many months. And when, when this first became a possibility, and Andrew and I first started praying about it, I enlisted 10 people specifically to pray specifically for us in this decision. Now these are 10 people that I know they love God. And I know that when they say they'll pray for me, they'll pray. And I know that they know me backwards and forwards, inside and out. And through prayer and through conversation with them, they were able to talk to me about this position and about some of my strengths and some of my weaknesses. And really, they said some things that I hadn't really realized about myself. Some of it awesome, some of it not so awesome. But they were people that I trusted. And honestly, their counsel is one of the ways that Andrea and I knew that this is the place God has for us. Godly counsel will help you keep your life centered and focused on who God wants you to be and what God wants you to do. Ungodly counsel, however, poor counsel will lead you to destruction. So how many of you guys know the story of Rehoboam? Okay, so Rehoboam was the son of King Solomon the wisest king that ever lived, the one who wrote the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. All right, Rehoboam was his son. He had access to all the wisdom of Solomon. And when Solomon died, Rehoboam took over. And the people came to Rehoboam and they said, give us a break. We have worked so hard for your father. We just need time to relax a little bit, to take care of our families and take care of, of our homes if you give us a break, we will serve you. So Rehoboam went to these same advisors that advised his father Solomon and said, what should I do? And in 2 Kings, we read, or 1 Kings, we read that the advisor said, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. Well, the Bible tells us Rehoboam rejected that advice. Instead, he went to his buddies and said, what should I do? And they were like, oh, well, you need to tell them that if you thought your fa my father was hard on you, you just wait till you get a load of me because I'm going to make life 10 times worse. And that's what he did. He went back to them and he, and he said, hey, uh-uh, no break for you. We're going to work. And the people rebelled and they dethroned him and it cost him everything. Wise, godly counsel is what you need. You need people in your life who can speak truth to you. That's why small groups are so important here at the park because when you're together in a small group regularly and you regularly read the Bible together and when you regularly pray together, you're gonna naturally develop a bond and the more you bond together, the more you're going to trust each other. And the more trust you have, you can listen to godly advice, which sometimes isn't so pleasant. Someone in your small group who you trust can look at you and say, you know what, that prospectus looks a little, little off. Are you sure you want to invest in Enron? 
They can look at you and say, you know that girl that you're dating, she's nice when you're around, but when you're not here, she treats people like dirt. Is that really who you want to spend the rest of your life with? Some of those hard truths are hard. But if you have godly people in your life that you know love you and you know love God and are willing to go out on a limb and tell you the truth, it's gonna save you a lot of heartache. So right now, who do you have in your life that can speak a hard truth like that? Think about it. Who are you growing in Christ with? Who are you talking through scripture, through some of the hard things to obey? Who are you walking that path with? And are you willing to listen to them when they give you a hard truth? See, Rehoboam got godly advice. He had it right in his grasp. And he chose self over service. And that led to his downfall. And that's our last godly habit that you need to have in your life. You need to live outside myself. There is a list I read a couple months ago about the best first lines of novels. It was floating around on Facebook, so I was a sucker. I clicked on it. And it said the best first line ever comes from the book Moby Dick. Call me Ishmael. That was the best first line, according to whoever makes those lists. BuzzFeed, I guess. I don't know. I take issue with that. Because I think the best first line comes from The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And it starts off and says, it's not about you. It's not about you. Our world is filled with Self. It's filled with things that conform to us. All right, think about your car seat that you got in when you drove here. With one little switch, you can go forward, back, up, down, tilt, back, more lumbar support, less lumbar support, hot, cold. Your phone, the apps you want in the order you want with the background you want, the ring you want in the case you want. Netflix and Hulu, you can watch the shows you like when you want to watch them, and it will give you suggestions based on what you like. You can go to Subway and get your bread, your meat, your veggies, your sauce, any way you want it. You can go to Five Guys, Burgers and Fries, one price, whatever you want, whatever toppings, it's there. And the newest one out, pizza. You can get a custom-made pizza. Have you been to like Mod Pizza or Blaze or something like that? You stand there, they make the pizza in front of you, and you go, oh, I want Italian sausage and pepperoni, and let's do some jalapenos, maybe a little oregano. Right there in front of you, it's how you want. Never before in human history have we had such customizable options to, available to us. And while that's really cool, because I'm here to tell you, I love my iPhone, it leads us down the thought path that the world is supposed to conform to what we want. That our surroundings are all about us. And it makes us self-absorbed and self-focused. And that's where sin comes from. The root of sin is a desire for self. The very first sin ever committed 
in Genesis. Let's look at that. It's Genesis chapter three. The serpent was talking to Eve and he says, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And that's when the first sin happened. They wanted to be like God. And it continued through their children and their children's children and all the way on down through the ages to you and me. Our sin is born out of a desire for self. So what's the opposite of that? What's, what's the way to make our reflection look like Jesus? It's so simple. It's service. Not self. Service. Our best life, the best life available, happens when you live outside yourself and when you serve others. God knows that. Jesus modeled that for us. In Philippians, we read chapter two. The Bible says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found as appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus, the one who came and did it right, Jesus was a servant and he was humble. And the world says, me, 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 I, 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 gimme, 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 what's in it for me? Jesus was a servant and he was humble. There is nothing better to give you perspective in life than to change somebody else's kid's poopy diaper. That lets you know it's not about you. Or to sing Jesus loves me for the 10 millionth time for the three-year-old that has it on endless repeat and that's all they wanna sing over and over. You're living outside yourself when you work with teenagers who are just trying to make sense of this crazy, mixed up, upside down, hormone-driven world. Or when you stand outside in the Houston humidity and smile and greet people so that they have a pleasant face as soon as they arrive at church. Or when you take your spring break and go to lunches of love and create lunches for 3,000 kids who wouldn't have had anything to eat over spring break if you didn't do it. That's living outside yourself. That is serving the way Jesus would serve. And Easter is next week. It's an amazing time for you to step out and serve others. All right? I'm going to give you three ways that you can serve other people this Easter. First, you can go to an Easter service at an inconvenient time. All right? We have created six worship experiences here at West Park, two on Saturday, the three normal times you're used to, and then one at 1 o'clock p.m., Go to one on Saturday or go to the 1 p.m. service. This place is going to be filled with people who need to hear about Christ because for some reason, Easter is the one Sunday that people will just come to church. And if you're here, there's not room for them to sit. So please, go on Saturday or go Sunday afternoon. Serve those people by choosing an inconvenient time. 
and volunteer. We're gonna need tons of people to make this place run. Tons of people serving and greeting and doing donuts and taking care of children. Get out there, serve, volunteer. Even if you don't normally do that, do it. And look, I'll tell you, I'm gonna be honest, this is not the Hotel California, all right? When you check in, it's not that you can never leave. And if refreshing coffee and donuts is really not your thing, you do it and you say, you know what, that's not for me. Okay, no worries. There's somewhere else you can serve. And if serving with two-year-olds makes you understand why some species eat their young, <laughs> it's totally okay. There's another place that you can serve where your gifts and your passions will be fulfilled. God has uniquely designed you to do something. Let's figure out what that is. The point is not where you're serving till you find what that is. It's that you're serving and we need your help. And those people that don't know Jesus need your help. And finally, the last thing, you can serve people by just inviting them to come. In your seat, you found little invite cards. We'll make it easy. It's an easy way to invite people to come to church. I read a study a couple years ago. Do you know the number one reason why people don't come to church? You're gonna love this. The reason they don't come is because they're not asked. And church is a scary place. If you've never been here before, and this whole, you don't do the church thing, it's scary. Ask someone to come, help them, make it easy to come. And you know what? If you invite them to come, come with them. Give them someone to sit with. Tell them, hey, I'll meet you outside and we can go to church together. Make it easy for people to come. Look outside yourself and see the people who need Christ and serve them. So when God looks at your heart, what do you want your reflection in the mirror to look like? Read the Bible with the intent to obey. And that's gonna make your heart look like Christ. Seek godly counsel. Live outside yourself. Live to serve other people. And when God looks at you and God looks at your heart, he's gonna see someone that looks like Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for examples of how to live in accordance with your Bible. God, we wanna look like Jesus. We want to, to love like him. We want to serve like him. Help us, Lord, to follow what your scripture says. God, help us to forgive, to pray for those who are unkind to us. God, to see them through your eyes. God, help us to serve others to live outside of ourselves, God, so that we can show this world your love. God, we commit ourselves to you. We commit this day to you. We commit this week to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app, for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.